The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my, my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I want to uh, just share a few thoughts with you about the power of water. Uh, water is so necessary to our life that it, it's just unbelievable. You can actually leave it uncovered. I'll just stay out of the way. Uh, uh, it's necessary to life. Our body is two-thirds water. And so we need lots of water every day in order to digest our food. We need water in order to eliminate waste. We need water for our blood to flow right and get oxygen out into our bodies. We need water for our organs to work right and for our skin to stay supple. We need water for our brains to fire right. Because if, a, if we get dehydrated and the electrolytes aren't working right and they get out of balance, weird things start to happen in our brain. So we need to have that water. It's such a necessary part of our lives. So it, it has real life-giving power and one of the most beneficial things that we can think of. But there's a destructive side to water, too. We've seen a lot of that in the news. And maybe some of you have experienced uh, some sort of a, a water disaster in your lives. Maybe not. I know um, one person at the early service today uh, had been through it. But I'm going to show you a couple of pictures, or a few pictures. Uh, the first one, <clears throat> that is my house that uh, I lived in in New Orleans <clears throat> when I was the pastor of that church down there. And basically the house uh, seems okay. I mean, there's a, a tree down in the yard, and I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, my lamp post is down, and, and the... The trucks over there are pretty well ruined. But, uh, you know, the house, for, for all intents and purposes, the house itself looks okay. But then we went inside. And that, that was my living room. You can see a, the dial cabinet back there made it, but all the dials that my wife had in there, she collected Native American princess dials and stuff. They were all wet. She was able to restore all of them. But... Uh, on this wall closest to us, there used to be an entertainment center, which is mostly dissolved. It just disintegrated. And the couch and the ceiling fans down, all the insulation came down and everything uh, because there was two feet of water above that into the second floor. So that's what the water did inside the house. That's our living room. Next slide. That's our bedroom. Uh, we had a mat. The mattress was a, about a 17-inch mattress, so waterlogged we could. My son and I could not even lift it to get the quilts that we had under it in space bags, which, by the way, survive. Space bags are a good thing. Okay, <laughs> although you're not supposed to have quilts in them, but I'm glad we did. They're her grandmother's quilts. So you, on the back wall, there used to be a dresser. It also dissolved. That was the bedroom. Next slide. That was the kitchen. 
and uh, you know everything out of place, cabinets off the walls, refrigerator there. And the whole rest of the house looked like that. Okay, even though the house, for the most part, on the outside looked okay, that's what we saw when we got into the house. Next slide. It may be kind of hard to tell, but this house right here is the house, the slab and everything is sitting in somebody's front yard, and it came from another place and floated down there and was sitting there in the yard. Next slide. There's a car turned on end. There was one place where I saw somebody's boat was on top of their house. Uh, because of it, but that car is just flat, you know, standing on its end. My uh, uh, youth and family outreach director had a PT cruiser. Uh, his cruiser was like that against the side of his house. Next slide. <clears throat> now, it may be kind of hard to tell here, but, but this right here is a street, and the rest of the street is right back there. This house came down this street with its slab and everything, came down this street for about three blocks, which is where it left its lot, and ended up right there in the middle of the street. It's hard for us to imagine without having actually seen it and, and been there and being able to take pictures of it, it's hard to imagine the destructive power that water has. Okay, you can cover them up if you want. Uh, water is, is a wonderful thing, but it can also be a terrible thing. But one thing you can't deny, that water has a lot of power. Everybody, even at Jesus' time, would have known that. And so I think that's why water became the symbol of, of God's power coming into our lives. So when Jesus... Uh, was with his disciples and is getting toward the end, what he said to his disciples, the first thing he said is, all authority, all power on heaven and on earth is given to me. So he's, he lays the foundation right there. All power is mine. And then he says, so... I want you to go and make disciples of all people and baptize them, wash them, the word means, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so he uses this very powerful symbol to say, this is how I'm going to transfer my power to you. Because the power is his. Right from creation. Remember, creation was created with a word. Let there be, and it was there. And John says that word was Jesus. So his creative power, his uh, controlling power, he has controlled history from the beginning. He's been in charge of the rise and fall of nations and, and any other thing you can think of, and he has conquered. He has conquered through his people on earth, and when Jesus came, he actually conquered sin uh, and the power of sin in life because it never was able to get a hold of him. And then the greatest example of his power is conquering death. His greatest power is to wash away the very thing that separates us from God, 
the mess that we've made of our lives, the mess that's been made of our nature, his greatest power is to be able to wash that away and to make us God's children, even though we don't deserve to be, makes us God's children and gives us the promise of eternal life. Because one day, we will rise and be with him. The other side of that coin is that you and I are powerless. I mean, we are powerless. We, from, from the very beginning, uh, the mistake was made to go against God and to try and take God's place and replace his will with our own. And, and ever since then, that has been the lot for humanity where somehow we think we know better. Somehow we want to tell God what to do and not listen to what he says that we should do and be. And so, you know, we've just teetotally made a mess of things. And we truly are powerless. And our greatest weakness, our greatest weakness is our inability to overcome death. I want to see a show of hands. Which one of you, after you die, will be able to bring yourself back. I don't see any hands. Because none of us can do it. That's our greatest weakness. That when we die, we're dead. And dying uh, without Christ, we'll never be in in the presence of God. There is nothing we can do about either one of those things. Making things right with God and bringing ourselves back or giving ourselves eternal life. We are a mess. Now, it may seem like things are kind of okay on the outside. Now, we know, you know, we know uh, most of us here, you know, our life, life goes like this. It goes, you know, up like this, and then you start to go down until you get to the end of your life. Most of us are on the downslope, okay? I don't know about what it is for sure for women, but for men, generally around age 25, is when you start the downslope. Doesn't seem that way, okay? But that's scientifically, that's when it is, around 25. So most of us are on the downslope. And so in that sense, our bodies are kind of, you know, wasting away. They're, they're deteriorating slowly but surely toward that end. Uh, Paul said something about that in our lesson today in the second lesson, he said, though outwardly we are wasting away, okay, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And it's because the power that God has put in us and that Christ gives us in the waters of baptism, we are being renewed every day. The mess that's on the inside, even though we can look around and everybody seems okay and And, you know, oh, we make a few mistakes, but we're basically pretty good, and here we are. Guess what? We're in church. And so things seem to look okay, like my house did. They seem to look okay on the outside, but on the inside, we are a mess. And so God's not going to reverse the outward thing for us, but he works inside of us to clean up the mess. And that's the power that he's put inside us. That's the spirit that comes into us. That's what happened in our baptism. Where the mess every day is being cleaned up by God as he helps us to grow more and more and more in our faith and our understanding of his love 
and as day by day we become more and more Christ-like. Day by day we're being renewed. And so now we have inside of us the power to overcome sin. We don't always use it very well, but we have that power inside of us. But what we really have is the power to live eternally because of Christ, because he's the one that's going to bring us back. We have it inside of us. Eternal life has already started because of Christ. We just have to grow into it, and eventually we'll get on the other side and be where we're mature in that. Water has life-giving power. And the water of baptism, it's just plain water. But Jesus connects himself to it, to it and comes inside of us and puts his spirit inside of us. And so we're being renewed and cleansed and purified in God's sight every day. In John's gospel in the first chapter, he says this, to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. That's the full blessing of baptism. The full blessing of baptism is to become children of God, to be part of his family. And just as children grow day by day and year by year they grow, then as children of God, we all grow. So now we're in this long season of growth during this year where we'll be hearing his word and we'll be seeing what can change inside of us. But it all started with the power of Christ in the waters of our baptism.